Good morning and my own welcome to you as we gather online this morning. Nick and uh, Holly have been doing such a good job and uh, we are so blessed, aren't we, as a church family with all of our uh, tech team as well. So Jamie and all of the other team that are making everything possible. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for joining us. And I'm just finding the, the chat so encouraging. Um, and I think you'll hear when uh, you hear the message that God's put on my heart uh, to share this morning, whether you're a member of our church family normally or you're watching us and joining us. I know there are people joining us from all over the place uh, this morning. Uh, the sense that God had put a message on my heart for today and then it's reflected in some of the comments on, on the chat. Uh, I'm going to read from uh, the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Uh, You might want to bring it up on your phone if you can, or if you've got a New Living Translation, why don't you open it up at home? Let's dive in to God's Word this morning and see what He has for us, because I I think God has something powerful to say as we go into this second lockdown. Let's read from Scripture. The words are going to come up on the, the screens for you at home. Paul uh, writes, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then, the way you live will always honour and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Wow. Did you notice in the chat facility a word from the Lord about fruitfulness and maybe someone out there watching, someone you're thinking that you can't produce fruits anymore? Well, I think God's got a message for you. Did you hear those words about patience and endurance? Did you hear that word from God to us about joy this morning as we go into this second lockdown? The Lord is speaking to every one of us, isn't he, in this, in this time? I, I've uh, shared the story before, but I, but I love it about um, when the great uh, uh, stained glass window in Chartres Cathedral in France was first created. 
The artists uh, put out all the pieces of colored glass, um, laid them out on the tables, and one by one added them to the window. And uh, when he first uh, unveiled it and looked at it, the people who saw it then were stunned by the beauty of the colors. But the artist apparently goes over to the table where he's laid out all these pieces of glass. And there's one final little piece of glass that's left. It's clear. He goes up the scaffolding and he puts the piece of glass and it's into the eye of Jesus who is in that window. And the sunlight catches the glint of that little piece of glass and and shines into the cathedral. And all the people then and over the years, it's the thing you notice when you go, the glint in Jesus' eye. You're drawn to Jesus. This second lockdown is is bringing challenge like the first one did. Uh, This COVID-19 has exposed weaknesses that were already there. And maybe you just need our help. You just need our prayers today. You need an encouragement, a word about a God who can strengthen, a God who can help you to have patience, who can help you to endure whatever the next 28 days bring. But also, maybe you can hear a word. Maybe you hear a sense of a second opportunity to say, what matters in my life? Maybe you're watching today. You are that person who's wondered if you can't be fruitful anymore for God. Well, the word in the chat said, didn't it? You've been chosen and appointed, as has every single one of us, by God for good things, for good purposes. Maybe, maybe you know this second lockdown is a chance for you to prioritise some things that you'd hoped to do the first time round, but you didn't get quite to it. There's this question, what are we going to focus on over the next 28 days? Um, I, I just wonder if this picture of cake might speak to any of us. Oh, there's my picture. Sorry, go, Hudson, we'll go back to my glasses. That's the one about what are we focusing on. But then here's my picture of cake. What are we going to focus on over these next 28 days? I love one of the chat uh, was about St. Augustine again and said, uh, we are what we love. The Bible says that where the eyes of our hearts are, that, that's where we'll be looking and they can, uh, the eyes of our hearts, our focus can bring joy and can bring life or of course it can bring despair. We sense as a church family that these 28 days are a time to get on the front foot, to, uh, to have our focus on Jesus, to see his eye looking at us. That's what Paul was saying to the church at Colossae. He was saying, I can give thanks for you and I can, I can pray that you will have more strength and you will have more endurance. You will have more patience. You will be filled with joy because your focus is on your faith in Jesus Christ. On a day when we are remembering the sacrifice of so many and we remember to make a difference now, we thank God for all those who gave their lives in times of conflict. We thank God for all those who serve us in that kind of way still, but the remembering is to make a difference we, we think of politics at the moment and the divisions that there are in many nations around the world and our own as well. We think of the desire that God has for us to be living differently in our social lives, in our personal lives. God's purposes 
are for the best, are for good fruit. The good fruit only flows, though, says Paul to the Colossians, because your focus is on Jesus. Over these 28 days, how are we going to connect with God and keep him at the centre of everything? Of course, everything is a, is a big word, isn't it? It obviously encompasses the whole of life. Did you, did you notice that, that, that Paul said about the, the, the joy and the hope and the patience and the, suffer, uh, the endurance is all flowing from what is stored up in heaven for these people in Colossae over 2,000 years ago and for us, our hope relies on God. But, but the everything then matters it's the basic creedal statement of, of Scripture, of our Bibles. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy um, 6.4, that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then that translates into the New Testament at the time that Paul is writing, and it needs to translate into our night lives now. Jesus is Lord. I love that quote from uh, Hudson Taylor. Many of us will know it. Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. If you were watching last week, and I really recommend it as a great talk uh, about work and service in our rule of life, the theme that we're following at the moment. Um, Tim used a great illustration, didn't he, of us being smoothies. I think that's what he was talking about, rather than grapefruits. The point is, not seeing our lives in a kind of Greek way of thinking and frankly a modern way of thinking, a false way of thinking, as in different compartments. Not imagining that we have a sacred, secular split. Not imagining there's a private, public split between our faith. Not also, can I say, borrowing from the time that we give to church or to God in order to, to give more time to our family or vice versa. Not compartmentalised thinking, grapefruits, but smoothie thinking. That we are holistic people. We are one person, mind, body, spirit, created by God. And as someone said, yes, our hearts are restless until we focus on God. Thank you for sharing that on the chat. There's a real cost to compartmentalise thinking. What are you going to focus on, friends? What am I going to focus on during these 28 days? How am I going to have God as the God of everything? How is the statement, Jesus is Lord, going to show itself in the way that I live? COVID-19 has exposed weaknesses, but it's also brought priorities into focus as a church, for us to be uh, more intentional about our planting, the call on us from God to be planting new expressions of church in partnership with the diocese. Cooper's Edge, we're looking at at the moment, praying into, but others coming. And that will require us to give our best. Those of you watching today, some of you watching today, you need to hear a call of God to you to step out from perhaps the comfort of, of a trinity to step out in faith, to plant. The best of us need to be given away because the way of the kingdom, the economy of the kingdom is that as we give away, so the Lord just gives back to us 10, 100 times over. Is God calling you 
over these 28 days to prepare to go into that kind of situation, to be planting. I've had some people already approach me and say, Andrew, yes, I think God is saying to me something about this planting stuff. Is it you? It will cost us to send you. It always does. But it is God's purposes. It's his priorities. 97% of people, maybe some of you watching today, don't know that Jesus is Lord. Our second priority about living as the church, gathered and scattered. We're really trying to reflect that. We're reflecting it in our Sunday patterns. We're taking seriously. We've always believed this is nothing new. But God has said, focus more intently on the way he wants us to serve wherever we are. And then for us personally, this is why we're talking about rule of life, that our personal walk, our declaration, a life that actually shows that Jesus is Lord, depends on our personal spiritual disciplines, the rhythms, the habits. We've been using this model from Peter Scazzaro. We're just showing it up there again. It's got four areas to give balance in our lives. It's got the love of God at the centre, as, as Paul said to the church of Colossae. And then fruitfulness flows in these four areas. How we connect with God through prayer and scripture. How we have rest at the heart of our lives. Sabbathing, living out of rest, not living out of activity. In our relationships, where's the, where's the rhythms, where's the practices in relation to our relationships that God is calling us to? And then, yes, this fourth area, this final area that I'm finishing up on today of work and service. For each one of us, there'll be a mix of core practices, the ones that we see in the life of Jesus. But then also there will be the specific practices that God calls us to. Jesus is Lord. Does your life demonstrate that? Does your relationship with your phone demonstrate that? Does your relationship with uh, other people demonstrate that? Does your attitude in your relationship with work or service, paid or unpaid, demonstrate that Jesus is Lord of everything? Again, I just want to highlight Tim's excellent sermon talk last week. Have a view of it if you haven't. Here are the highlights that I took away. Smoothie, not grapefruit thinking. How are we blessed to be a blessing? When it comes to serving, we're thinking about how we can share love. Serving is love, said Tim. Tim rightly said that it actually begins in our church family. That might seem odd to say, but it's what Scripture says, because then that overflows into our communities. And Tim so helpfully reminded us that our workplaces are to be our worship places. We're going to pause in a moment for an act of remembrance. I've said we remember on Remembrance Sunday in order to make a difference to the way we live, that is to honour those who've given their lives in conflict. In the biggest sense of all, what is God calling us to remember about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, about the new life stored up for us in heaven so that we will live differently? Our lives, our rhythms, our habits will demonstrate that Jesus is Lord, Lord of everything.
As I say, I'm going to hand to Nick Stott for our act of remembrance. And then after that, I just want to wrap up with two or three further things just to share this morning. Jesus is Lord of everything. Thanks, Nick, so much for that. So friends, look, as I come to wrap up uh, this first cycle through the four headings that Pete Scazzaro gives us for a rule of life, uh, uh, prayer and scripture, rest, relationships, work and service. There's one big thing that I want to try and share. It applies very directly to work and service and our habits and our rhythms that declare that Jesus is Lord. But actually it applies to the whole thinking about the personal rule of life that God might be calling us to and that he might be gifting us in a sense with this bit of time and space to reflect again over the next 28 days. It's the truth that a rule of life has to flow from our sense of calling. A rule of life, the rhythms and the habits which we have need to reflect what we believe and it also needs to reflect who we believe God has called us to be. It's so important when we think about a rule of life that we don't set out to adopt some habits. We don't do things out of duty, out of religious obligation in the belief that then somehow we're earning favour with God and he will bless us. In the monastic tradition, which really developed thinking about rule of life, for each different monastic tradition, their particular rule was a statement of this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we believe God has called us to be and to do. We have to get this the right way round. It should be, as my glasses picture indicates, a tool, a framework which helps us to see more clearly, to see Jesus more clearly and his purposes for us. In the Colossian church, this is what Paul was saying, that everything, their fruitfulness and also their personal uh, kind of qualities, the things that God was investing into them, all flowed from faith in Jesus, from a sense of the calling that he had, particularly for mission. Paul talks about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ being spread around the whole world. That's a, a fruit we want to see. I just want to say something about calling, if I may, as we come to wrap up, as I say today, and this first kind of go through the cycle of the four headings of a rule of life. The first thing is obvious but can be missed. Calling chooses us. God calls us. So our calling is not shaped by the world and its desires. It's not actually even defined by those around us. They can help us understand, they can reflect back, but they don't define our calling for us. It's not even something out of our own starting point of our own personal desires, although desire can lead us towards calling. But calling from God chooses us. It relies on patient listening. 
That's why we need the balance of all four of the areas of the rule of life. If we're not uh, spending time in prayer and scripture, if we're not spending uh, healthy habits in our rest, in our relationships, then, for example, we cannot expect balance and health when it comes to work and service. Calling chooses us. And the thing is, we already know a lot about what God's calling looks like. We've got plenty to start with. Don't let not hearing absolutely clearing your, clearly your particular vocation, your particular calling, stop you getting on with declaring that Jesus is Lord. We have the great commandment that we are to love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. And then the second commandment, to love others as ourselves. Do our rules reflect that? We have the great commission to go and make followers of Jesus. Does our rule of life reflect that purpose? Scripture tells us that if we're single, how do we, how do we have a rule of life that honours our singleness? That, that means we're, that we're living out of that place, that identity in Christ. If we're married, how does our rule of life reflect that calling? If we have children, how does our rule of life reflect that calling? Is there a balance? Is Jesus Lord of all of those areas? Our household, our church community. And then as Tim again helpfully said, we can say to God, okay, where is their need? These are things that can allow us to begin to explore calling and vocation because they are things that we share as Christians together. But of course, then there's refining as we patiently listen. And here's just a slide with some, some obvious things. There's the refining that happens through prayer. There's the, the, the refining that happens through the reading of Scripture. There's the refining of our sense of calling and vocation as God chooses us in it from friends and from wise counsel. There's obvious reflection and contemplation. What energizes us? What brings us peace? What brings us joy? As some people put it, where do we have a sense of our true north? As I, as I speak today about, about work and service, it's critical that I communicate that our vocation, our calling is not the same as our job. We may have a job, we may have roles, we may volunteer in ways that are closely entwined with our vocation, but our calling, our vocation is never the same as a job, however vocational your job is. I'm lead pastor of this church, but one day I won't be lead pastor of this church. My calling, my vocation will not have changed. Who God wants me to be will not have changed. The packaging will have changed. If we don't see that, then there's a dangerous uh, conflation of worldly success with understanding yourself to be faithful to your calling. Those two are not the same. Being faithful to, to your calling and worldly success are not the same thing. Don't confuse them. There's damage if you take everything personally. Sometimes it's just about us in our role. And of course, and particularly pertinently at the moment, if we lose our job, if we, if we can't have our job, that actually doesn't take away our fundamental calling, what God has chosen for us. 
There's another error, isn't there, of thinking that some jobs are vocational and connected to God and, and others are aren't, that, that, that somehow some jobs are more important than others. That's just not true. In every role, there are ways that we can express and recognize God's character and nature, a God who delights in things being added up accurately, a God who delights in people having the shelter of homes, a God who delights in software code being correct and, and tallying elections correctly, a God who delights in every person playing their role. These connect to the nature of God's. Let's not allow ourselves to have a, a pecking order of importance when it comes to jobs. Can I also say that discerning our calling and our vocation does not mean that we will necessarily move. There's a real danger in our tradition of, of, of the Christian faith in thinking that calling is always about moving. Did you notice Paul was a tent maker? He made tents really well. And that freed him to serve God. And he calls the Colossian church to serve God, to experience more of God where they are. Yes, sometimes God will call us out. I've said already, is God calling you out to plant a new church? But start, and particularly we're in relation to work and service, start with that challenge that we heard of making our workplaces our worship places and then see what happens. Friends, our rule of life, whatever it may become, however the Lord may lead us in rhythms and habits, needs to flow from a sense of God's calling on our lives, not the other way around. We need to trust in God that in all things he will work to good. We must not let fear stop us stepping out. We need to recognize